This is Blake 7 in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by 5 to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters, and occasionally the not-so-one-offs. Who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything else that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, for this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the story first. Cullen Control, Cullen Control, this is Nova Queen on primary approach 040. Request orbital entry clearance. Nova Queen, Nova Queen, this is Cullen Control. Maintain 040. Orbital entry is clear. Cullen Control, this is Nova Queen. I have an unidentified trace on 040. Nova Queen, this is Cullen Control. Maintain 040 and switch to computer flight coordination. Switching to CFC. Maintaining 040. That ship is still coming at us. Nova Queen, this is Keldon Control. The ship is an unmanned ore carrier on computer flight coordination. I hope you're sure about that, Keldon. It's still on 040. Nova Queen, computer control is confirmed. No problem. You know that and I know that. But does the computer know that? It'll switch vectors any time now. Relax. I'll relax when it gets that ship of 040. It will. Kellen Control, I have 4,000 passengers on this ship and that ore carrier is still on 040. Computer flight coordination doesn't make errors. To hell with that. Do something, Keldon. That thing is coming straight at us. Keldon Control. Nova Queen, switch to manual control. Engage emergency boosters and abort 040. Confirm, please. I can see it. My God, it's too late. Nova Queen, Nova Queen, this is Keldon Control. Do you copy? Nova Queen, Nova Queen, come in, please. When I started the podcast, there were five stories that I was really looking forward to us talking about. One was Killer. One yep. was City at the Edge of the World. The up, yep, the upcoming Terminal. The upcoming Blake. Yep. And this one, Star One. And I'm very happy that uh, we finally got here. Interesting that three of them are season ends. Yeah, every last story of Blake 7 I really really rate yes, you know even yeah. Orac which had some deficits to it you know cracking into each of the seasons I think yeah I think so I think they, they pull out every stop for the season yeah. finale don't they yeah and this one I think all of those five stories I've just um, mentioned I think they work brilliantly if I was listening to it on my audio cassette and they work yep. brilliantly visually as well yeah I I I've always rated Star One really highly. Um, I think it's certainly in my probably top three, certainly my top five. Um, I'm watching it again for this show. It's it goes every time I watch it, it goes up in my estimation. Hmm. Um, there's a couple of little couple of little bits that you that you could tweak, but that's mainly production, not script or acting or anything like that. Hmm. I mean, hmm. like uh, obviously Travis's. We had fall with his flies agape into the uh, into the whirlpool, and the, the Andromedan fleet is very lackluster. But otherwise, I think it holds together really, really well. It's a good it's a good slice of uh, sci-fi. If if you didn't need the build-up to what Star One is, and that this would be a nice sort of standalone. Well, this film. is what well, this is exactly what Mark said. I think he said it at maximum power that if you want to introduce somebody. To yeah. Blake Seven and and show them an episode to you know represent it. All you have to do before they watch Star One is say there's a the good guys are on a ship called the Liberator. You've got this evil empire called the Federation. The good guys are trying to get to the control center for the Federation. There's a rogue member of the Federation trying to get there first. That's all you need to tell yeah. them and then show them this. And uh, yeah, 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 no, and no. it would work. Yeah, yep. I mean, there's so much more level to it. 
lots of levels to it if you've been watching up till now and paying attention lots mm. and lots in it but yeah it it's it's a simple story but it's really well done mm. Mm. so like i said last week you know this is going to be a two-parter yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look at star one and this week we're looking at Durkin and everything that happens with the federate on the federation side of things yes okay yeah. and, and because of that we've got this opening this fantastic effect sequence which i've always loved i love looking at it okay there are small niggles on the production yeah. side as you say model making wise um but on audio i think this is the story that i listened to the most yeah. um back in the day and yeah I, and I love this opening i love these i love the voices i love the um you, you know the very matter of fact nature of their script that the two actors are saying and i especially like that sound effect that little zip um, between yeah. each thing i did contemplate maybe for a while on this recording between you and me talking putting that little sound effect <laughs> in you know but <laughs> i think got, that'd be quite yeah. a bit of work also it probably got a bit tedious for people yes probably yeah. but uh, yeah it's really nice it's um it, it smacks a little bit of budget that, that it, this whole sequence is just almost done in uh, with just voiceover. But then, can you imagine if they'd have cut to the actual flight controller at his little console? It would have been probably cheesier than just not showing him. Yeah, you would have had yeah. like a London flight yeah. deck or a Mission to Destiny flight deck, wouldn't you? You don't need it. I, no. I quite like it. You know, you've got one ship coming from one way, you've got another ship coming from the other way, and you've got this conversation going on yeah. between a pilot and a flight controller, you know? Yeah, it, it reminded me a bit of the opening of Close Encounters. I was just yeah. about to say that. Oh, right. beat me to it. It is. It's yeah. very, very much the opening of Close Encounters, isn't it? Very yeah. believable, very yeah. believable dialogue. Um, and, yes, we have these two ships. The first ship, the Nova Queen. Nova Queen, quite a nice-looking model. Lovely model. Uh, yeah. Still exists. We've seen oh, it, haven't we? Yeah. Um, um, it's a, it was a maximum power. Um, we might as well talk about it now rather than behind the scenes. Yes, that was a, uh, a wooden shape, which was then vacuumed yeah. to um, give you a very lightweight plastic shell. Uh, done by Matt Irvin. Um, completely kit bashed, which you do see. I mean, uh, yes, yeah. Very often in Blake Seven, you get these slow panning shots, which we've compared to 2001, haven't we? And yeah, and, and we've got it here quite a few times. You see the Nova Queen in close up. You can see the word Nova Queen along its side. You can see quite clearly that it's got headlights for some reason, <laughs> which look it's like torchlights. It is dark in space, yes. And there is an abundance of Eagle transporter parts yes, definitely. on that underside, um, including using the, the girder work of an Eagle upside down. They are actually like the landing legs, aren't they, of the yeah, Nova Queen? I love these sort of sequences from, uh, from modelers because it's almost... You know, like you see a, an actor you recognise. If you see a model kit part you recognise, you feel a little bit chuffed. It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. And that's so, definitely the case with the Nova Queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, approaching is this ore carrier. Yeah, the ore carrier. The ore yeah, carrier. Yeah, nice, nice model. It is a nice model. And I was uh, focused a few years back yeah. very much on this model because I decided to uh, recreate it, do a studio-scale recreation. And I did it with the help of the guys over on the Eagle Transporter modeling forum, including our Phil Stevens, oh. um, who, who put me in the pointed me in the right direction. Basically, this ore carrier is like two tanks, I guess carry the ore, and then you've got a framework in the middle. And the two yeah. tanks are, yeah, they're the, they're the main uh, fuel tanks from the space shuttle kit. They're two, uh, two, two of those. So I had to go out and buy two space shuttle kits to make that model, which back in the day, that wasn't too expensive. I mean, they've gone up in price, but it's been re-released as well, hasn't it? Airfix re-released yeah, the Space yes. Shuttle. Yeah, um, you can pick it up quite easily now. Yeah, the trouble is they've re-released it, but they've accurized it, oh. same as the Saturn V. So if you want to be truly authentic, you've got to get the old yeah. one, okay? Yeah, they're sneaky, aren't they? They are very sneaky. I'll put up photos um, when this episode comes out of my one and also um just show the shopping list of parts if anybody out there wanted yeah. to make one it, yeah. it, it, it it's pretty straightforward yeah you've got to fork out two space shuttle kits but you really you only need the uh, as i say the main you know fuel tanks yeah um the rest is ema basically the um that there's a there's a, a circular 
framework that holds the two together. And that's one of those, um, you know, when you get a building, you get a fire exit that you've got to go down. And you, that, yep. There's that rounded frame to stop you falling off yes, and going backwards. like a ladder frame, yeah. Yeah, it's one of them. It's a 124th scale uh, one uh, of them. I can even put up the uh, EMA part numbers if anybody really wants the details. Um, but yeah, I think it you took should a do while. an exploded view, so where you've got little lines going and showing you the part. Probably take you a while, but... I, no, I can do that. Yeah. I can certainly do that. I'll tell you the most expensive thing um, I had to fork out for was, and I, I do cringe about this now, was Luke's X-Wing model oh, kits. Right, yeah. um, as I say, on, when it's on Facebook, at the front there's two... Two two globes, okay, at the front, right? right? And I used old uh, Christmas tree baubles for them. But on the very side of them, there's half of an R2-D2. You know the R2-D2 oh, that right, sits yeah, in the, the back? Little, the little one in uh, the yeah. MPC, Dennis Fisher. Yeah, and you know that, 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 that little R2-D2 came in two halves that yes, stuck right, together? Yeah. Well, what, what Matt Irvine had done is he stuck each half on one of these globes. Yeah with the feet pointing forward. So it's almost like they're probes or something like yeah. that. So I had to buy a whole X-Wing kit <laughs> just, to get, a little just to, get the, to get the little R2-D2. Yeah, it was back could've when just, I had a bit more spare money. Yeah, could have just bought one and cast it. Can you? I could have done that, but I, I think I need... Now, I, hang on, I'm trying to think now. I think there are other X-Wing parts on there as well. Some of the um, weapons prong yeah. things you know that are on the end of the wings on the end of the four wings i can't remember now i sh really should have brought i could go upstairs and get the model i might do that in a minute actually yeah yeah, yeah. shall i do that yeah reminisce all right i'll tell you what i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna make a note of the time and i'm gonna run upstairs yeah. and get it all right okay all right hang on a second So I, I am back, and I have my ore carrier in my hand. Ooh, ooh, uh, ooh uh, misses. Yeah, no, there are more of the F, yeah. um, the X-Wing bits, yes. I've got the R2-D2 halves there. Um, towards the uh, back there, you've got half of his engine bit, and that's up on there. Uh, what else have we got on here? We've got Saturn V, one of the Saturn V from the FX Saturn V kits, one of the rocket engine bells, one of the smaller ones. That's the main propulsion unit for it. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, we got a couple of bits off the old R2-D2 model kit. Oh, God. A couple no, of those chrome that's pieces. fortune. Yeah, but I already had them. Oh, I, right. No, no, I still yeah. had them in my bits box. Yeah, a ton of EMA stuff. I yeah. remember there's some, to me, unknown bits, but Phil Stevens found them. It was a, an American truck kit. Um, so done them. Um, some um, FX Lunar Module um, brace things are on here, and yeah, the, one of the weapons bits, you know, that uh, the guns of the X-wing. Yeah. Matt, on the very, very end for like a, a probe, he's he's cut it off halfway, turned it around, and so that's on there backwards. All right. I wonder what he did with all the rest of the kit. Oh, it went on Freedom City or something, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. You know, there's a building somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that's the ore carrier. So we've got yeah. Um, yeah we, let's get back on track. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, we've got the Nova Queen coming left to right, and we've got yep. the ore carrier going right to left. Right. And your carrier is an unmanned, an ship, unmanned isn't it, oil say, carrier. Yeah. Yes. Now I did a little bit of uh, uh, research this morning. The captain of the Nova Queen says he's got four thousand passengers on the yes. ship. Right, so I'm thinking, blimey, how big is the Nova Queen to hold 4,000 passengers? So I googled 4,000 passengers ship, and yes, you can get cruise ships yeah. that hold 4,000 passengers. There's one called the Celebrity Eclipse, right? Yeah. And there it is, the Celebrity Eclipse, 4,000 passengers. And I thought, all right, okay, how big is a ship if it's got to hold 4,000 passengers? And uh, it's 317 meters long, right? So you can say approximately, roughly, that's roughly the size of the Nova Queen. Say 350 metres long, right? So you should be able to work out the size of the ore carrier from that. Well, the, the, the bit at the point when the two hit, I've, I've never liked. It looks too clumsy. It looks like what it is. The two models have been banged together, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. And I've always thought the ore carrier, if that's a 4,000 
passenger ship. That ore carrier looks a bit big. It looks like you know when you got the Liberator and the Pursuit ship yes, coming yeah, together. Like they've made two different scale models and then realised they've had to put them together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I looked into that as well. And oil tankers. I thought the nearest yeah. you know earthly modern thing that we have is an oil tanker. Yep. No. Apparently the VLCC class of oil tanker is 330 meters. So you can oh. get tankers which are this like you know three 350 meter long so it's quite possible that yes that ore carrier was the same size as the nova queen so it's actually they've put more effort into it than we thought or that's just a total to coincidence yeah. yes yeah, yeah. possibly more but, than likely yeah now i love this scene i love all the computer chatter and everything i love that oh, my god i can see it and yeah i don't like the two knocking together because they've cut it a little bit too early because you actually see the two bump into each other before we get the explosion don't you yeah there's no also when they hit there's no weight behind either of them they no they look like, like they've been swung on wires hit. don't yeah. they yes i think if you had left it a couple of seconds more you would have seen them just bounce yeah, off of each other back, yeah. and go in the other direction yeah all right so we have this explosion we cut to this explosion and uh, a slow motion explosion and then we cut from that to serverland in her room, talking to our character today, Durkin. Unfortunate. You do have a way with words, Supreme Commander. I'm sorry that was unnecessary. Everyone on the Nova Queen died instantly, of course, but it didn't end there. The ship's neutron drive unit broke free, survived the fall through the atmosphere. It went critical just about the time it hit the surface. Ground Zero was slap in the middle of Keldon City. Half the population was killed outright. It was a computer malfunction, presumably. Yes. These things happen, Durkin. They're happening far too often, Supreme Commander. Computer flight coordination is breaking down on 20 different worlds, and the problem is spreading. Are you saying it's a basic design fault? No, that's not what I'm saying. Look. That's the equatorial zone on Palmero. Palmero? Yes, and that is snow you're looking at, Supreme Commander. It'll be some time before they re-establish themselves as the Federation's main producer of tropical fruit. And this? The plains of Sunni. Mean temperature has gone up by 20 degrees. It hasn't rained anywhere on that planet in 60 days. When it does, the effect will be something like this. The planet Vilka, where it hasn't stopped raining for 60 days. The planet Huron? Carthenis. Climate control has gone disastrously wrong on all the frontier worlds. And it's spreading? Rapidly. Anything else? Isn't that enough? No, it's impossible, Durkin. You mean unthinkable, don't you? Look, everything you've just seen has one common denominator. Computers. Not computers. Computer. Singular. Very singular indeed. Our unbeatable control and coordination center. No. Servalan, by design or accident, Star One is failing. There has to be another explanation. There isn't. And if you want to keep your job, you'll find it. Why won't you face the facts? Because I'm not convinced. And even if I were, there would be nothing I could do about it. Well, surely, under the circumstances, you could get clearance to put a team in? Star One is the most secure installation in the Federation. I know that. Do you know why it's so thoroughly secure? Presumably because knowledge of its location is severely restricted. No. Knowledge of its location is non-existent. Him, no one knows where Star One is. No one at all. So one one question I've got to start with. Is he a military officer, do you think? That's my next question for uh, you. Who, yeah. who I, I don't is, think he he? is Who he, is he? Acts, he? Yeah, he acts like he's surprised by all the military stuff. He acts more like a civil servant, doesn't he? He does. And and he's not phased by Serverland, you know, he no. presses the point yeah, when yeah, they talk... start talking about Star One. He, he he's yeah. not cowed by her, is he? No, he, he doesn't act like she's got any sway over him mm. which but she you think she must have unless he's like the liaison but then why wouldn't he have been arrested later on when she takes over it could be that he is a civil servant because he is almost fawning when he realizes yes. that she's in charge you know um yeah well, he sort of almost sarcastically sort of says congratulations doesn't he to her, so. mm, yeah yeah well i think yeah. that that's him covering himself yeah you know he he, he wants to stay alive because he realizes there has been a coup yeah. Um, yeah. As bad as this crash was, the drive unit um, fell to the surface, um, which just yeah. happened to be Keldon City, and um, 
and you know half the population were killed um the computer had malfunctioned and and he shows her through stock footage about how climate control is breaking down using the box yes i know i I made a little uh, woohoo when I saw it come back. That, it that lasted um, two seasons. That this has got to be the end of the box. I'm sure we never so. see the box in season three. So yeah, bye bye box. Yeah, um, oh, we should have had an episode on the box. Yeah, we should have. Well, we, he's got his own little you know photo album on Facebook, true, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, you know boxes I have known. Um, yeah, and um, you know Serverland is saying, oh, it's computer malfunction, and he's I, I like the actor, this John yeah, Brown. Yeah, he's really good. He goes, not computers, computer, singular, very singular, yeah. you know. See, I'm word perfect on this. I used to yeah, listen to this so to much. But so it's also, much. This, this is, I mean, it's almost pure exposition, but it's delivered in an interesting way. Hmm. It's not just someone saying it. They've worked it into conversation. So, yeah, I do like that where he, he just corrects Serverland. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she's instantly dismissive. Yeah. Instantly. It's like, no, can't be star one. Now, of course, last week we said... How does Serverland get get off of Goth? You know, because the last last week Serverland was marooned, we thought, on Goth yep. because Travis had taken her ship. So Serverland, whenever she leaves Goth, knows that Travis has gone off. He hasn't contacted her, so she suspects that he's gone off with the secret of Star One for his own reasons. She knows the Liberator has now left Goth, and they have it as well. So she's now back at Space Command, not knowing what's going on. And then suddenly this Durkin guy comes in and says Star One is failing. And that is her worst nightmare yeah. realized, isn't it? It is. But, but shouldn't she think that that's the case earlier? Because she's she knows that Blake and uh, Travis are after Star One. She knows that Travis has got the coordinates more than likely. So when what appears to be Star One going wrong happens why I, I i other than the fact that she may be trying to like um you know fool herself that it's not happening i would have thought she would have jumped it a bit quicker it's like a star one's gone wrong yeah i was expecting that no i think she's in denial because yeah, you know yeah. what the heck is she going to do about it yeah. you know i mean she most probably thinks this is blake blake is making climate control yeah. go wrong blake has destroyed star one you know because she is, she's despondent. Yeah. She says that, that, that there's no no one can do anything about it because nobody knows no where knows Star where is. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then we get a nice cut to the Liberator. Um, yeah. Which we'll save until next week. All right. Yeah. What's all this about? Time to defend ourselves. Against whom? Each other. Now, what is it you want? Quickly, you're wasting time. There's an emergency meeting of the High Council. I am aware of that. I've been summoned to appear before it. You put headquarters on full security restriction. I can't get off this satellite without your direct clearance. No. Well, no, you agree with what I'm saying, or no, you refuse my clearance. Both. Now get back to your work. I am still waiting for your theories as to where Star One may be located. That summons is a presidential order in Council. I have to go. Space Command no longer recognizes the authority of the President or of the Council. I don't think I understand. We are the only force capable of handling the present emergency. I doubt if even we can do that. The President and those members of the Council who are unable to accept the realities of the situation are even now being arrested, as are those of our own people whose loyalties may be divided. At a time like this, complete unity is an absolute essential. There isn't enough data. I can't even guess where Star One is. Then I suggest you try harder. Or I might think you're part of the plot. Plot? Obviously. Someone is trying to destroy the Federation. Now perhaps it's you. Why would I want to do that? Why is always the most difficult question. At the moment, I am more concerned with how. Is she involved? You know her. Her name's Lorena, I think, isn't it? Uh, we were acquainted. You were more than just acquaintances. That's a long time ago. She emigrated to one of the frontier worlds. She's on Star One. She can't be. It's unmanned. The systems are automatic. A group of scientists and technicians elected to spend the rest of their lives refining, checking and guarding the systems. Knowing they could never leave, never come home. That's appalling. Inspiring, surely. 
in the best tradition of selfless devotion to the Federation. That's your answer, then. Some or all of them have changed their minds. Mm -hmm. They were all screened and conditioned very carefully by our best psycho-manipulation teams. None of the group could attempt to damage the systems, identify the location, or contact anyone outside Star One without going obviously insane. How can you be certain of that? The head of the psycho-manipulation team has just finished reassuring my interrogators. So whatever is happening on Star One is happening against her will. There's nothing I can do. You get back to work, Dirk. She may still have a chance, if we can find her in time. May I offer you my personal congratulations? And loyalty, Madam President. Supreme Commander. What is it? Blake and his crew. The strategy programs have all come up blank on the possible courses they took. Run them again. But Supreme Commander... Run them again! I will not be president of a ruined empire. Um, we don't really often talk about the music in Blake no, Seven, but we don't. but no, but it's... yeah, we get this panning shot back to Space yeah. Command with this percussive, dramatic music. Yeah, it's the music in Blake Seven usually is is quite uh, it does the job, but that's sort of it, isn't it? It's very Dudley Simpson, yeah, style. But yeah, there is a nice bit of uh, Federation. Sort of very martial music. It's almost like the Imperial March type thing in yeah. Star Wars, isn't it? You know, it really yeah. suits it. Yeah. And Servalan, we're back to Servalan. She's being guarded by two helmetless yes. yeah. guards. This so reminds me of the scene in Filthy Rich and Cat Flap, you know, where you've got the two <laughs> Federation guards and they keep mm-hmm. patting, you know, Eddie down and that. It's, um, it's almost comedic with these two, I think. They, yeah, they, yeah. they don't quite step over the line, but. And you can see almost smirks on the two actors or extras or whoever yes, they are. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're just about to get to do their job, aren't they? Yes, because yeah. um, um, Servalan has just been told someone told the truth um, yeah. but died at the end. This is typical Chris Boucher. He'll give you this little nugget of information and you don't know quite what it means, but you'll find out later yes. on what it means. He's yeah, not it, treating us like idiots. No, it's a plot point, but mm. it rewards those that pay attention. Yeah, and she says, well, interrogate the rest of his team just to make yeah. sure that he was telling the truth and try not to kill them, you know? Because this, this sort of highlights... Because this is the point which Servalan really... She takes over and this becomes... And it all goes wrong from this point, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. I think... Because we've sort of said before that, like, you know, Travis is, is quite an Italian man, but I think Servalan's a bit of an idiot. I, th- I don't think she can help herself. It's like, she's killing the people that she needs. Yep, yep. You know, which yeah. is um, is a very realistic because a lot of dictators do that, don't they? I mean, Stalin did. He got, he purged all the the generals in his army that he thought might be too clever and they might rise up against him. And then when the war came, he went, ah, I got no generals. Yeah, it's They're this paranoia, isn't yeah. it? It's all yeah. this paranoia. Yeah, I mean, she says, you know, complete yeah. unity is essential. Yeah. So, you know, she's getting rid of people that she doesn't trust, even though they might might be able to help her because it's obviously they're not the people. Who are you know uh, yeah. t- turning off Star One? But this is the this is the Serverland that uh, uh, Kasabi references, isn't it? The the, the cadet that was yes. every, was Federation through and through, the fascist ideal through and through. And this is that Serverland. This isn't the purring, no. you know, coquettish, manipulative. manipulative. Yeah, this yeah. is this is fascism. Unity, strength through unity, unity through strength, all the way. And it, it's, and I, ironically, this is what defeats her in the end, doesn't it, really? But I don't know. I mean, we just dismissed her. She's not being manip- manipulative, but we're just about to find it out because Durkin comes in then, doesn't he? I don't know why the little alarms go off. I mean, the door is open, yeah. but the, this little alarm goes off. He, he, gets, he gets a pistol to his head and get fr- gets frisked. Um, and uh, he tells her he can't get off the station. Yes, um, he's, been, put, he's been summoned back to Parliament, basically. Yeah, back to he? Parliament, yeah. yeah. But he can't go because she's put the station on full alert. Yeah. And he, he's he got to go, you know. It's a presidential yeah. order. Uh, it's a meeting of the High Council. And he's kind of like pulled when she says no. 
And here it is. Um, you know, Space Command has taken over from the president. Yeah. Here it this is. is. It. The, yeah. the, the coup moment. That, the, but the, any, any, I mean, I don't think it was very democratic anyway, but any resemblance of democracy is now gone from this point onwards. Yeah. And this is my question. Is this Serverland being desperate, you know, and paranoid, or is this Serverland being manipulative in that this is her chance? Well, I, I always thought that, that this is, she's been waiting for a chance, and this is it. But I think she's genuinely scared in this one. I think she realizes that without Star One, she can't control anything either. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, either she's a really good actress, Serverland. Obviously, we know Jacqueline Pierce is, but either Serverland's a really good actress. I think, or I think she's actually genuinely scared, and she's she sees control because she thinks that's the only way to 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 get through this. Yeah, and and yeah. she won't have she won't have control for very long because in a yeah. in in a situation like that is control through power. But if your power is going, yeah. you're not going to have control for very long. You know. Um, so I'm guessing she finds this, yeah, this is necessary to help her find Star One. I'm guessing she doesn't know about the Andromedans. <laughs> no, I don't know but does at this point. Maybe the president does, yeah. because, you know, we, we're, we're going to find out next week, and we'll talk about it next week, that this, you know, that, that this minefield has been built up yes, over a true, number yeah. of years, and someone somewhere in the Federation knew about it. That's why they instigated the minefields yeah. but, construction. Yeah, but Orak does say that it, the, the way it's been built up over a long, long, long period of time suggests that it's more just in case than any known threat. So, yeah, I thought, perhaps they... I don't think they know about the Andromedan invasion to come, but have they intercepted, a bit like they did in um, Killer... Mm. Have they intercepted some ship? Yeah, you know, full of yeah. hairy aliens as well. Yes, as she tells Durkin that somebody is trying to, you know, to destroy the Federation. Yeah, perhaps it's you. You know, she, she doesn't believe this. She she knows it's no. either Travis or it's Blake doing this. You know, but she's desperate into what can I do about it? Yeah, you know? it's yeah. also a fact. I suppose she doesn't want. She doesn't want it knowledge getting out that it's Travis or Blake because that mm. links it to her, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. There wouldn't yeah, be yeah. many steps. To, which to, is which to is why the president. Yeah. Which is why the president and all the others that oppose, I oppose her, are being arrested. What happened? Yeah. Do you think happened to them? Do you think they were just put up against a brick wall? Oh yeah, I reckon they would have been put up against a brick wall and shot. I don't even think she would have interrogated them because again, she doesn't want any information coming out because then she's going to have to kill the interrogators and then more you know it's a vicious circle mm. i like the idea yeah. though that somehow the president you know uh managed to escape it and in a very charles the second sort of way comes yeah. back and that's when she becomes commissioner slear is when the president actually came back you know yeah but i don't think so i don't know i think he's a goner but at this point i think the president you know and any who oppose her you know uh, are being arrested, yeah, arrested and shot almost immediately. Yeah. It's like the night of the long knives, isn't it? It is, yeah. I was just going to say that, yeah. This is. I mean, there's so many parallels, isn't there, between the Federation and Nazi Germany and a lot of the plot points. Mm, uh, yeah. So she's got the box now. This is the yeah. last time we see the box. And, and she shows Dirk Im images of the staff who were elected to be marooned on Star One. Yes. Um, Which, I mean, that's another thing that just makes me laugh. Is the fact that the the shot she's got of uh, the the girl mm. is then fades in? It's the shot that they're using. It's like, well, you could have at least had a different. We'll talk about yeah. this next week because it's like the question for next week is how long have they been on Star yes, One? Yeah, exactly. About a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you go by that photo, because yeah. her hair hair and hairstyle is exactly the same. You know, so they she hasn't been on there, but that's that's just a way of having a segue yes, from one yeah. bit to another. You know, it's just a nice we can uh, artistic it, yeah. way of there. We can forgive it. Yes, yeah. So yeah, I do like Jacqueline Pierce in in, in this story. Yes. You know, and and. You know, he says, "What? Be maroon for life? That's appalling." And she's like, "Inspiring, inspiring." inspiring. Like, yeah. I like the the emphasis on the way of the federation. Yeah. I like I like the emphasis on the word, you, you know, of yeah. federation. And yeah, he falters when Lorena's face turns up. And yes, because uh, he knew her. Didn't he? he yeah, in inverted commas, Intimately, knew her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this marooned thing, right? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming these scientists were, you know, uh, supposed to breed. 
Because if they just die of old age, there's nobody there to maintain. Well, there's no. This is, this is where the whole idea of Star One sort of falls apart, isn't it? Because you're right. One generation down the road, they're dead anyway. And as a long-term solution, they've ha- put it on a, some, a, a moon orbiting a, a dying a star. A dying star. Yeah. So, yeah, how long till it dies? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah but it's I guess not a long-term plan, is it, this? All stars are dying, though. Our star well, is dying, true. isn't it? But you, you know? generally wouldn't describe something as a dying star unless it was nearer the death you know, I mean, well, we you wouldn't see describe ours as a dying star. No, would you? Th- this one it is dying. Yeah. It's going out, yeah. isn't it? You can yeah. tell. Yes, but if they are on that on there to breed and then produce yeah. another generation of scientists to do it, is Lorena the only woman? Well, that's unfortunate if she yeah. is. She's got a bad. She's got the bad straw, though, isn't it? Because the rest of them seem to be a bit unappealing. Yeah, especially Stott. Stott, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't see all the males, you know, when we've got this, like, you know, uh, photos of all the stuff. We don't see all the males that we're going to see later on on Star One. So maybe there were more women, but they've just been bumped off by the aliens. Yeah, I'd I'd like to... They've been a bit more precise in the timeline of Star One, but then I I suppose they don't want you looking too closely at it, do they? No, no. It's a MacGuffin, isn't it, really? It's... As we said last week, you're not really meant to remember stuff from no. week to week. Just have a vague memory of it. You're not meant to go back and rewatch it or have a you know uh, a marathon viewing of them back no, to back or anything it's, like that. It's something for Blake to want to get, and it's something for Travis to want to get, and it's something yeah. for. It's a it is a, a classic MacGuffin. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. well done. It's but not. It's still a MacGuffin. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it certainly is. Yeah, and she tells Durkin, you know, that they were all got at, you know, by yes. the likes of Dockley and, and Lurgan. You know, none of them can sabotage or endanger um, Star One without going insane. And Which, again, that's a bad plan. Mm. So your only safeguard against someone tampering with your highly delicate computer station is that if they do try and tamper with your highly delicate computer station, they will go insane Mm. And probably wreck your highly delicate computer station. Yes, yeah, and yeah, that there's does, no one you know. to rectify that. No, no, no. You know. no. And I was also thinking since last week, you know, um, Lurgan and Dockerley, you know, wiping the minds of anybody who knew the location of Star yeah. One. How many workmen and, you know, navvies did you have yeah. having to fly out to Star One to well, construct the, that base? Yeah, the, the, the non technical people, like the people actually doing the work, they probably all just got killed, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it's I like the, they would have bothered. the pyramid yeah. builders, yeah. like I was saying before. Yeah, 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 and and here we have reference back to what was happening earlier. It's the head of the psychomanipulation mani- team yes. was the guy who had died under interrogation. Yeah, nice little throwback to the earlier scene. Yeah, and and she dismisses Serverland dismisses Durkin with a get back to work. You know, yeah. or, while she's still alive, you know, uh, she. She may have a chance. I, and that's where he sucks up, doesn't he? He, yes. he offers her a reassurance of his loyalty, Madam President. Yeah. So Servalan is now officially president. Yeah, she's and, head And I like the, her line, you know, I will not be president of a ruined empire, you know? Yeah, because it's almost, she's she's almost in a position, or could be, like Admiral Dernitz in World War Two, and it? it's like you're finally in charge of the Third Reich. Oh, it's all buggered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's why I, I don't think it's a pretense on Serverland's part because she doesn't gloat at this when he calls her Madam President and she says a thing about I will not be the president. Da 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 da. No, it, it, it nudges me to thinking she believes the threat is real. You know, she oh, is I, desperate. I, yeah, I I do believe that she isn't playing games. She's scared. She thinks the threat's real. Mm. And this is the real Serverland. Yeah. So all the pretense at nice gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the last time really we see Durkin is after Jenna has warned Servalan about the invasion, and you know Servalan yeah. gets the whole uh, message through. When did this come in? It showed up on the strategy readout. All right, Durkin. Red one mobilization. You believe it? All fighting ships to make maximum speed. Patch this office into the fleet coordination suite. Well, get on with it! And she goes into a Red One mobilisation. That's very Thunderbirds or something, isn't it? Yeah. It does make you wonder what the other, like, you know, other attacks by Blake and things like that, what 
what uh, what category were they? Use two. <laughs> is there a red two mobilization? Yeah, is there a green that. one or something like that? If if Star One being destroyed was unthinkable, why have you got a code that covers it? Mm, this is true. Yes, yeah. yeah. And uh, he he again is like what you believe it, you know, yeah. and. The thing you've mentioned before on this show, um, the big red button appears yes. as well. Yeah, it's got its own little hatch. Now, this, yeah, you've said before, anybody yeah. could fall on it or nudge it yeah. or anything like that. It's this, but at least Serverland's got the foresight to yeah, cover it up with a hatch. But why, why would you make a button that does one thing like that? Why would you put so much effort into it that, like, this is your big disaster button? It's, it's very strange. It could be that there's a hatch next door. So if you've got a red two mobilization, there's a hatch with two red buttons. It could and a be. green rec- one has got a green one. Do you reckon all that, all that does is switches on a red light bulb somewhere and it requires some technician to be sat there going, oh, oh, it's a red one. And then he puts everything into motion. It could very well be. Yeah. That would fit in with the early days of the Federation, it would, yes. wouldn't it? Analog yeah. Federation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the alarms all go off and, that, yeah. and, they're, and they're going off, aren't they? Um, yes. Next week, we're going to um, um, encounter this more, but it's going to be this thing where Blake 7 is written as if the space fleets are naval fleets. Yes, this is very true. Yeah, we get this in this dialogue sequence, don't we, coming we up? We most certainly yeah. do. Flagship Galileo reports Galactic 8th Fleet underway. Estimated chief coordinates in four hours. Cruiser Beagle now estimating rendezvous in three hours and 17 minutes. Flotillas 14 and 16 confirmed four hours and eight minutes. But what happens in the meantime? We've got uh, a flagship, yeah. the, the Galileo, which we've just been seeing, haven't we, on Facebook? Uh, our, our friend Callum has yes. been making yeah, the flagship Galileo, yeah. yes. And the Galactic 8th Fleet is Yay. underway. Yes, and uh, Cruiser... Star, Star Killer's fleet. Yes, and Cruiser Beagle... Yeah, not not the most threatening of names. Then. Did I've always thought Cruiser Beagle, the man doing the voice of Cruiser Beagle, has an almost canine type voice, and I don't know if yeah. that's like an in joke or what. Do you but... It could be, yeah. Or yeah. is it that they were thinking, oh, what 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 ships can you think of? Oh, the Victory. No, too obvious. Oh, the Beagle. Yeah, that would do. Yeah, yeah, that would do. Yeah, and we've got flotillas fourteen and sixteen are all on their yes. way. You know, and, I like and this I... again. This simple lines, but they they flesh out. The whole federation, and I like that it's all on audio. We don't have yes. any p bulbs. We don't okay. have three, the three pursuit ships wobbling along on wires. It's up to your imagination yeah. to. And to... Your, your imagination has got a better budget than the BBC yeah. has. So. I, I know when we get to season three, the beginning of uh, season three, that the battle isn't you know quite what <laughs> no. this build up actually no. um, 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 suggests. But yes. uh, f- I've assembled now, my space is... fleet. All four ships. Yes, none yes. of them match. Yeah. yeah. So, so that that that's it. That's the last time we've seen yeah. Durkin. Um, I'm assuming um, Durkin survived. I mean, he is loyal to yeah. Serverland. I mean, and, like like we've said so many times, wouldn't it have been nice if in season three Durkin would have come back? Bit of continuity, mm. you know, on uh, on the lesser characters because he's good. I like him. The actor's good. I like his the character. That he's not. He's frightened of Serverland, but he won't be. He's almost. He is almost like Sir Humphrey, isn't he? That he won't, mm. He'll tell her the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not afraid to tell her. Not, the truth. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think Serverland would appreciate that. You know, particularly after the the you know the Galactic War, she needs people that she can trust and are yeah. dependable and have proved themselves. And I think I Durkin mean, we, has. Yeah, we know that she eventually ends up using farmers and bus drivers as mm-hmm. as fleet commanders. So. Durkin would have been better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that thug in Volcano. Um, yeah. Mori or whatever his name yeah. was, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's it. That's uh, that, that's Durkin gone. Yeah. Um, and and sort of with him, the uh, the end of the Federation as we know it. As we know it. Yeah, it's, it's never the same yeah. again, is it? No, um, it both, never by is. Both in concept or uh, visually, yeah. it's never the same. So, yeah, a bit of a watershed moment here for the Federation. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a watershed episode, isn't it? It's... It's the episode we lose Blake. It's the episode we lose Jenna. It's the episode we lose Travis. Everything. I mean, from the next episode, it's a reboot, basically, isn't mm. it? It's, mm. This is the end of Blake 7 as you and I know it. Yes, and yeah. I was going to save this for next week, but I'll say it right now. If a season three and four were never commissioned, I would have been okay with it. Uh, yeah, I would have been... 
I would I would have been happy with what we had. I'd have gone. That's two two seasons of brilliant sci-fi that hangs together and ends on the best cliffhanger ever. Yep. yep. And then it's down to yep. the fan fiction and yourself yep. to imagine yep. what happened next. You know, it would have been a brilliant cliffhanger. It would have been a classic ending. I mean, the show has got a classic ending. You know, the very last yep. ever episode. Yeah, Everybody remembers yep. it. But if it had stopped here with Star One, people would yep. have still gone, "Oh, that's brilliant." What do you think happened? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd have had so many theories about what happened. None of them probably would have been some stock footage as a battle no. and then <laughs> Avon Tarrant. lands on the planet with <laughs> Tarrant and Serval. Yeah. It oh. I mean, Anne, Anne watched this one and um, I think she thoroughly enjoyed it and sort of she was asking a lot of questions about, you know, is Blake all right? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, we don't see him till later. No. And, and she was really taken with, because um, interestingly, she, she thought Blake was lying when he says, uh, for what it's worth, Avon, I always trusted you. And she went, liar. She oh, goes, really? Yeah, no, she I... says, nothing nothing in what I've seen Blake do so far suggests that he trusts Avon. He just uses him. No, I've always, yeah. I've always, always believed yeah, that. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was an interesting point, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting point, but no, yeah. I disagree. I know, I think, I I think believe he is telling A- the truth. Yeah. I think Avon, at this point, hates Blake, Perhaps we should save this for next week. But yeah, yeah we I will think, save. Yeah, let's yeah. move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So oh, behind so the scenes. Good, yeah. Yeah. Indeed. So yeah, and it warrants a, a, a two-parter. Yes. Um, and I thought because of it being a two-parter, I thought we would do behind the scenes of this story next week. Right. All right. Yeah. So so so, but I thought for behind the scenes this week, we just look because this is the end of season two, a bit of a background to season two. We never really did this at the end of season one, but I thought we would do this for the the, yeah. the, the, the remaining seasons. Um, and season two, yeah, it had a bigger budget than season one, but it had bigger problems too. Yeah. Right? Also, although it had a bigger budget, at this point, the UK economy was tanking mm-hmm. faster. So in real terms, this this was always a problem with Doctor Who in the late seventies. In real terms, the budget went up. Uh, in in on paper, the budget went up. But in real terms, what that budget could buy was drastically reduced. It was a so terrible think, time yeah, in, for Britain yeah, there, was. wasn't it? So I think the actual if if you take money out of it and the actual what you what you could buy to use on this program would yeah. have been less for season two than season one. And I think that fits in with what we see on screen. Mm, mm. Yeah. There's other things which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute, but yeah, th- yeah, this was a time of, of turbulent time in Britain, Very turbulent, where, where, yeah. which had a this, knock on effect yeah, this to many, was, many things. It was really weird. Cause this was the point that a, a, f- a sadistic female leader seized control of the country. <laughs> uh, oh, hang on. <laughs> Yeah, we've said about this before. You had all this on Blake Seven, apart from the bin men strikes and stuff yes. like that, didn't we? Yeah. Which I mean might have happened. We don't know. We just didn't might see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right, right, right from the offset, um, Terry Nation was never going to write all thirteen like he did with season one. I mean, he, he that kind of like burnt him out having to do um, the thirteen of season one. Yeah. Um, and instead, he signed on to do five, right, including a two-part ending. All right, Terry Nation was going to write this this story and the one that we had last week, which eventually became, you know, the keeper. Um, But he was getting tired of the show. He was burnt out from doing season one. He was getting a bit bored with it. I've just dug out. I was going to put it on Facebook during the week. I was looking through my old Starbursts to find the very first time Blake Seven is ever mentioned in Starburst, right? Right. And in like issue four or five, you've got people in the letters pages saying, when are you going to cover Blake Seven? But the very first time Blake Seven is covered is issue six, which is a terrific photo of the Liberator on the cover, which I'll put on Facebook. And it's an interview with Terry Nation. And it's very telling that... You know, it's quite a long interview, but you would think the main emphasis would be on the thing that he was doing right then, which was Blake Seven. But yeah. no, there's a fair bit about his past with Doctor Who. There's a fair bit on the survivors, right? You've yeah. got a fair bit on Blake Seven, but he especially is talking about this film that he wanted to make called Bedouin. All right. Yeah, which Did he was ever make it? Nope. He was getting funding for it. He was bigging it up. It was going to be sort of like an Arabian adventure. 
yeah. type story and he was looking and in the interview it's quite funny he says I've got funding from America it's going to be a big epic of course that never happened and what he also was looking to be doing was buggering off to America which eventually yeah, is what he, he did, did didn't yeah. he yeah so in the end he only ended up supplying three scripts um, which um, which is Redemption Pressure Point and Countdown they're the three that he did alright yeah um, so there seemed to be plenty of time um, to address this problem because they were gearing up for season two just as season one aired. Um, January 78, they were actually prepping for season two. Okay. Right. But uh, yeah, there were other problems going on. I mean, we've just, we've just touched on, you, you know, what it was like in the country. But throughout the making of season two, you had falling outs between writers, um, you know, falling outs between directors and all this yeah. sort of thing. Um, but... Yeah, Chris Boucher was the uh, script editor and he knew that Terry Nation wasn't going to be doing all of them. So uh, he wrote a Bible, okay, for these new writers that were coming in and it was called the General Notes and Baffle Gab Glossary, okay, which was a dictionary of all the, you know, technical terms, you, you know, that was special to Blake Seven. Has it ever been published? No, not to my knowledge. No, and he also, yeah, he also urged them to watch and study episodes of season one to get a flavour. All right. right. So your Alan Pryors and all that, they were urged to read this glossary and watch the episodes. All right. And right. it was decided very early on, very, very early on, like spring of 78, that there was going to be a theme running through season two, which would be the hunt for the control system for the Federation. OK. And they also decided very early on that it was going to be a two part ending and discover at the end that it was just going to be an empty room. So basically, pressure point was going that, to be what, 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 season. Yeah, it wasn't going to be aliens or anything like this. It was just going to be an empty room. All right. Um, so yeah, complications start happening. You know, you have egos clashing and stuff like this. Stephen Greif decides that he's got to leave because he had, because he had this film offer. Yeah. Um, Gareth Thomas said, "I'm off." Sally Nivette says, "I'm off." Um, and during all this turbulent time, that's when Terry Nation decided to kill off one of the crew, right? Um, to show mainly that they're not invulnerable, okay? That you, you can't always, you know, escape by the skin yeah. of your teeth. That's just not... Um, it becomes um, melodrama, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and as you know, he, he met up with Chris Boucher and David Maloney and said, I want it to be Villa. Yeah. Because he didn't like the way Michael Keating's performance was going. I don't know in his head how he saw Villa being... Yeah, I don't know. That I is so different to what character. we saw. Yeah, I can't imagine a character played it any other way. Hmm. Hmm. Um, he also wanted the, this two-parter finale to season two to yeah. be where Villa dies. Jenna as well. Jenna was going to die right. in, 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 in this two-parter. Um, but apparently that was never discussed with Chris, Chris Boucher or David Maloney. All right. Um, so that was causing, you know, complications as well. Orac becoming a regular had to uh, involve some rewrites as well. Um, and there's also the rumour that everybody knows, it's never been backed up, that Terry Nation wanted the Daleks yeah. to be the alien invaders. Your thoughts on this? Bollocks. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I imagine it was pra- it was either a joke or it was a, a Terry Nation run it up the flagpole and no one saluted it and said, yeah. Terry, don't be an idiot. That it's the yeah. latter because apparently yeah. David Maloney doesn't remember it, but Chris yeah. Boucher says it was suggested by Terry and politely but firmly yeah. turned down. So it's like, Wait, Terry, yeah. wind your neck in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the B word that you yeah. just said. Yes, yeah, I it, like like a lot of these theories that fans latch onto. It's the real world's not like that. No, no, no. no. It would have been also. It would have been terrible. I mean, mm. I, t- I I mentioned it to Anne. That, that you know, there's this theory, and she said, "Well, that that would have been utter rubbish." It it, it, yeah. it it's utter rubbish because you know how right. Well, we're, we're going to go into real geek talk now. But if the if the Daleks were the Andromedans, that means the Daleks yeah. were from another galaxy. But we know the Daleks have been to Earth many many times. You know, therefore, the Earth that we have the Federation based on is the same Earth that the Daleks have been to, the Cybermen have been to, the Mars that is mentioned about, you know, where Terminal was created is also the Mars that the Ice Warriors were from. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's you would you would have to have basically 
reinvent it, these Daleks would have been comp- had to be completely different, separate creatures. Or it's an alternative reality. And, yeah, alternate. And also, the British public at the time. I mean, we're used to this now, like multiple dimensions and and reboots, and you, and you can, you know, the public will buy it. They wouldn't have bought it then because everyone would have been going, "Oh, Doctor Who's going to turn up." Where's Doctor Who? Why doesn't the Doctor Who come and save these mm. people? Mm. You know, it. Maybe you I could s- do that now, yeah. but not back then. Yeah, you couldn't have done TV it. TV was different but... back then. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Talking about TV being different, another influence on season two. I mean, we were just talking about, you know, the price of things, you know, yep. the fuel crisis um, and everything like that. Attitudes were also changing in the UK for what it was acceptable to be shown on TV. Yeah. Um, regarding, you know, sex and violence, okay? And this is around the same time that Deadly Assassin was out, wasn't it? Yeah. And, 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 and the furore yeah, that was the caused by that. Viewers and Listeners Association, a, a highly dodgy Christian uh, Highly dodgy, group. but quite yeah. powerful, you Very, know, yeah. and, and, and they had a voice. And this started to affect the show. And that's why, you know, the crimes that Blake was accused of in season one were never mentioned again. They were no. never mentioned in season two. He, he he was mentioned as being you know uh, you know a rebel and stuff like that, but his crimes were never mentioned again. Okay, um, and Gam's limiter, I, I hadn't spotted this. Gam's limiter was never mentioned in season two. No, you're you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah it, that was a season one device, you know. Yeah. And this this story that I've said before uh, by Pip and Jane Baker, Death Squad, where you know, the Federation were recruiting criminals and then operating on their yeah. brains to make them soldiers, that was cancelled almost uh, uh, as shooting was about yeah. to happen. Such a shame, that. Such a good idea. Yeah, yeah. If there was an original script still going, big finish. Yeah. Come on, do it. Yeah, you know. On. Yeah. Uh, and another uh, thing that affected Season two was the fact that the um, it moved from Mondays to Tuesday evenings yeah. and was put opposite Charlie's Angels, which yeah, really really ain't knocked got its, a hope, has it? Really? It, well, it would be for us. I mean, yeah. I know what I choose. Oh to yeah, watch. well, I, yeah. I know what I did watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I, I'm I'm absolutely hundred percent sure my mum was watching Charlie's Angels because you yeah. know, like I say, unlike your parents, you were blessed to have parents who who enjoyed and watched science fiction. Yes. Yeah. Anything science fiction that that was on, no, my mum didn't allow that. So I ha- that's why I watched Blake Seven up in my bedroom on my little black and white portable yeah. with my cassette uh, recorder jammed up against the speaker. Yeah. You know, no, Blake, she Blake, she was Blake watching Seven that. was on the front room telly. That was. You know, if we wouldn't have been watching it, my dad would have watched it anyway. I'm so. deeply jealous. In a way, yeah. I'm deeply jealous, but also in a way, I'm actually quite pleased because it means that when they did finally come out on video, it was revelation after listening yeah. to the audios yeah, all you- these years. But it's the first time I ever saw them in colour was yeah. when they come out on video. Well, to be fair, know? though, we uh, we didn't get a colour set till 81, so we would have watched them in black and white as well. Oh, yeah, you said about that before. Yeah. All right. So that's a little bit of background about season two as as we're waving goodbye to it. So we'll move on to Durkin himself. Um, John Brown. You you Google John Brown um, in IMDb. There's about it's, six yeah. different John say, Browns. Quite, quite a common name. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So you have to hunt for I him. I used to work with a John Brown as well. Did you? Yeah. I don't think it's the John Brown. Was, oh, okay. he was a no, truck I don't driver. think it's him. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. So John Brown, Durkin. John Durkin Brown, right? Yep. Um I haven't got an awful lot of information on him except for what he's done, right? Um, and he's got quite a good genre tally. He's got a genre tally of 10. Oh, that is right? good. Yeah. That's not bad. Double figures is always good. This would be interesting. Have I seen him in anything else? I've not. You have. Okay. You, you've seen him in, let me look down the list. One, two, th- maybe three, maybe four. Wow. But def- other than Blake Seven, you've definitely seen him in two, yeah. right? And I've got that question mark thing. On, on those, right? So the first thing that he was in was One Step Beyond, which is... A th- the Madness song. <laughs> he was in... Yes, <laughs> he was he, in the video. He was doing the silly dance, yes. Yeah. Did in, he have baggy uh, trousers? He, and wearing baggy trousers. No, no, no. It's a show I've never yeah, seen. Yeah. Nobody ever writes about. It's like no. another Twilight Did it, ever, did it zone, even survive? It? I mean, is it I, is it one of those shows that, like, was wiped? And... It could have been purged. Yeah. I mean, it's 1961, so, yeah, yeah it could have been purged. I, I never see mention of it, other than yeah. that it was like, it was a show, an anthology show, in the spirit of Twilight Zone. That's all I know about it. But he was in an episode of that back I, in 61. Yeah, I think the only thing I really know, what, that on one of the, one of these theme tune records, 
is the theme to One Step Beyond. Right. Um, some, you know, one of these like yes, um, uh, Jeff Love. cheap ass Jeff Love ones. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Um, next thing is you have seen him. I know 100% yep. that you've seen him because you've got this. Most probably you've got this on Blu-ray. So you've seen right. him in Blu-ray. He's in Ooh. Doctor Who and the Daleks. Oh, is he one of the fouls? He is, called Antodus. Oh, right. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and watch that. He was, he was a lot younger then, though. That was 10 years earlier. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, and, I, and I, and I he typed in... And he all his body hair shaved off. He, he, he would have, <laughs> and dodgy paint uh, on yeah. his skin. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've tried typing in that name. I've tried... Yeah. John Brown, Doctor Who and the Daleks. I haven't been able to find an image. Yes, right. I, I've got it on DVD. I'll have to watch it and try and yeah. freeze frame him. Um, next thing, I'm pretty sure you've got I think on Antidus Blu-ray. Antidus is the one that um, cuts the rope and falls down the chasm, isn't he? Well, the fact that he's got a name must mean he's yeah. got lines. Yeah. So he must interact with our uh, yeah. you know, heroes. Uh, the next thing I'm pretty sure you've got on Blu-ray as well, and therefore you must have seen him. He's in Quite a Mass in the Pit. Oh, that, the Hammer what, version. What part does he play? It, TV interviewer. So it must oh. be when they're down in the underground yeah. just before you know it's, everything's about to go mad. Um, he must be one of those guys down in there again. So he's in a he's in a film with Blake. He is Gareth Blake. Thomas, Blake. Yeah. Blake's in pretty much the same room as well because Blake was yeah. one of the navvies, That's wasn't true, he? Yeah. He was digging yeah. it out. Yes. Yeah. Um, next thing he's in is another Hammer film. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. The Devil Rides Out. Yes. Yeah, I like that one. He, he's the receptionist. Yeah. In that he's getting big parts, isn't he? He's yes. Well. <laughs> uh, and the next season, the Avengers, uh, season six, the Tara King era, yeah. uh, a famous one called All Done, like done with Mirrors. Yeah, my that uh, she's my wife's favourite really? out, out of all the companions. Really? Uh, no, no, no. Um, Emma uh, Peel is Mrs. classic, but I did like yeah, Tara. No, no, Mrs. Peel for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Then he's in the Champions. Right. right. Another good series. Alexandra yep. Bastido. Indeed, yes. And then he's back to Hammer again. I mean, this is oh, his yeah. third Hammer film in a row. And I had to watch this the other day um, to actually find him. And I'm stunned that he's actually a major character in it, right? Vampire right. Circus, right? Oh, I've not seen that in years. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've, I've, I've got it on Blu-ray. And, oh. um, yeah. Does it hold plays... up? Is it all right? Yeah, no, it's all right. It, it's it's if If you... If you watch it knowing that Hammer are desperate to, you know, yeah. make themselves relevant and shocking, so you've just got needless gore in it, badly yeah. done, you know, needless, um, gratuitous, you know, sexuality, just to be shocking, you know, it's yeah. at that point, you know, where they're just the, trying to do yeah. everything to keep in the press. Yeah, the Hammer milk had curdled at that point. It had well and truly curdled, yeah, it's not classy at all. He plays a, a, a character called Shilt, right? Yeah. No um, and as I say, I've never made the connection before. He he's there right at the very beginning. Um, um, a, a little girl is kidnapped and taken to the castle where you know she's killed by yeah. the, the the count. He's the father, and then he's got a reoccurring appearances all through the film up until the oh, end right. where he's killed by the Black Panther that's in Black Park. And the last time we see him, it's a not, gratuitous... Not the Marvel Black Panther. Not that Black Panther. No, 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 no. no. Um, I almost went into a slightly racist yes. accent there. <laughs> Had to fight that. Yeah. <laughs> and the last time we see him in that film, it's a dummy with a load of uh, maggots yeah. put all over it and, and some sheep's eyeball in the socket. And, Across um, uh, Doctor Who connection there, isn't it? Uh, well, the oh, Lala. Lala. Yep, yep, Lala is in it. Yes, yep, yep. Um, apparently, Jenny Twig, who we're talking about next week, yep. Lorena, she's in it as well. Really? And I thought that'd be brilliant if they're they're in a scene together. That'd be Not great. only could I couldn't I find them in a scene together, I couldn't find her. No. Um, she she's down in the credits as schoolgirl. She right? might play one of the maggots. <laughs> I've looked. There are children in in it, but this is only like. Seven years before Blake Seven, so she's got to be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you know, almost I mean, teenage. Be a, yeah, I was going to say she must be at least twenty-one in Blake yeah. Seven. So she, 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 she must be about thirteen, something yeah. like that, when she made Vampire Circus. But I can't see her. I can't see her in it at all. Uh, the next thing he was in was Doom Watch, right? Yep. Then Blake Seven, and the last genre thing he was in was from two thousand and six, right? Ooh. Something called Dark Corners. Have Dark you heard of corners. that? No, it doesn't ring a bell. It's a horror fantasy about alternative realities, and he played no. old man. 
He's he's not getting a lot of credited parts, is he? No, is not he? really, not really. Old so that, man, receptionist. Yeah, yeah, and TV interviewer. Yeah, and a thal. Yeah. yeah, but so out of those, I mean, I've got to go back and watch him as a thal. Yes. Out of those that I can see, I think Blake Seven is my favourite of his roles. Yeah, I would say so. Unless he's stunning as an old man in Dark Corners. Well, we don't know. We we haven't seen it. It might no. be a it might be a like a career defining role. Maybe he plays Durkin as an yeah, old man. As an yeah. old man. Yeah, that's what happened to him. So, yeah, genre tally 10, who tally it's of bad, one. Is it? It's, it's all bad, right. Yeah. It's all right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not really relevant, was it worth it? At least not no, for this week. We can talk about, that, about next week. Yeah. Big so, question next week, isn't it? It is. It's a big, mm. big question. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's the end. Um, before we go today, we've got a shout out. Oh, good. All right. Like yeah. From over on Neozaz. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, folks, if you... We don't get many on there, do we? We, we don't get many. So, you know, folks, if you want to um, um, be nice, be nice to us on Neozaz, because then yeah. uh, Matt gets to see it and other Neozazes uh, yeah. get to see it. Um, yeah. He, he's the boss, really, isn't he? <laughs> he is the boss, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a guy by the name of Ricky Yu. Okay. Right. Um, great podcast. Always like Blake Seven and its depth of characters. Sad at the recent passings of Paul Darrow and Jacqueline Pierce. Keep, keep up the great work. Well, very nice. Well, we will be keeping up the great work, at least for another, like, you know, 15, 16 episodes anyway. Yes. What episode are we on, though? This one is... Oh, now you've asked me. This one is episode 82. 82. So So another 18 to go. Yes, 18 to go. Yeah. And, yeah, next week's episode 83. um, Yeah, we're going to be watching what the Liberator gets up to and we're going to be watching everything that's happened down on yeah. the planet on the Star End 1, aren't we? The end of Travis. The end of Travis, the end of Jenna and for the, the time being the end, the of, end Blake. of Blake. Yeah. You know? So yes, join us all for that next week. Um, I, I, you watched the whole episode. Didn't I did. You? Yes. Yeah. I did. No, I just watched the Durkims because... I don't know how you got the willpower to just do that. I think it was a time thing the other wow. day, but uh, now I'm going to watch Durkin again and yeah. Lorena. Okay, so all right, so Brilliant. yeah, join us back in seven days where it's going to be sad. I mean, we're, I'm looking forward it's, to it. Yeah. Um, it's this other half season of the story, two, though, but isn't it? no more season two after yeah. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, okay, all right, folks. See us then. Thank yep. you. Ian. See you in a week. Right, Thanks, then. Right. Bye, bye, bye.